0: Here we are, new Sunday, new series, rhythms. Rhythms. Come on, look, this is August. We are getting back into school. We're getting back into a rhythm, uh, much different than normal. Come on, anybody. Anybody feeling that? Much, much different than normal. Uh, August is, is kind of a different month already, but now here we are and, and a, lot of, a lot of kids are back in school. A lot of you are probably homeschooling and so you're trying to find a new rhythm and what that looks like for your family. And, um, but with that, I thought that we would do a series called Rhythms and talk about rearranging life. Because I, I don't know about you, but that's how it kind of feels to me like we're rearranging things, we're rearranging priorities, we're, our, our thoughts and our, our ideas are in different places than they've ever been before. Uh, at least for us, it has been. It's been just a, a really a big culture shock over the last few months. and um, And as we talked about Wednesday night at prayer and worship, it almost feels like every day has a new wave of concerns, a new wave of, of conversations, and you know we're trying to to, to wade through the waters of ideas and, and, and opinions and, and all of these things begin to mess with our rhythm, our daily rhythm of life. And so we're gonna talk about rearranging life. You know, everything in creation has a rhythm to it. Come on, we have seasons, right? We have seasons. Unless you live in like, you know, South California or whatever, where it's just always perfect weather, which honestly, if it's perfect weather, doesn't it eventually get kind of boring? Right, like every single day, like boring, seventy-two degrees, low humidity. Ugh, come on, every now and then you just want a good dose of humidity. You know what I'm saying? Right? <laughs> no, I'm trying to like help us out mentally today because uh, this morning I, I got, <laughs> I went to get my truck in the garage, and my wife was like, "Hey, could you get the car seat out of there and put it in the other?" Ch-? And I, I was like, "Okay." And I went in, I reached in my truck, and by the time that I pulled the car seat out, I had sweat, and I'm like. Oh, man, you know? So anyway, there's seasons of, 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 of the world, you know, in regards to, uh, uh you know, winter and, and summer and all these things. But then there's rhythm. Come on, music, right? There's a rhythm to music. I don't know about you, but I didn't have to teach my kids how to, like, dance. I mean, I couldn't even if... <laughs> Even if I tried, it would still be bad. But you know what I'm saying? Like, they, when they felt the, felt the rhythm, there was, like some, there was like a groove, you know what I'm saying? And, and like, we just have rhythm in us, but there's patterns to all things in life, tides, and the planets revolve around the sun. And, and in case you didn't know, the, the world does not revolve around you. It revolves around the sun, okay? There's, there's a rhythm to all of these things. And, and honestly, God has designed it that way. God has designed us to have a certain rhythm in our life. And it's how he designed us. All right. All right, gonna need some help there. Um, There's a rhythm. God has designed us a certain way. And so we have to live life according to that design. So if we don't live life according to that design, we're gonna have some problems, right? We, We talked a few months ago about how God has designed us in a certain way to live a certain way and how that is actually the wise way to live. Like wisdom is living according to God's design. And so he's created us in a way and he's created a certain pattern for our good and for his glory, right? Relationally, he's created us to operate a certain way relationally. And if we operate in those parameters, it goes better for us. And so for us as people, we are multifaceted beings. We, We have different facets of the way that we operate. We're, we're physical beings, we're spiritual beings, we're emotional beings, and we also have a relational aspect of the way that we operate in our life. And so in all of these areas, we've got to have rhythms. And all of these things come together, of course, to create one, one being, one person, you know? But when we live in a good rhythm, we will be healthy. So these rhythms are built around a few things. They're built around a vision, that helps you live intentionally, all right? That's what the rhythms are built around, a vision. We all have rhythms, but are we aware of what it is? I think it's kind of like faith. Every single one of us has a belief system. We have a a faith, okay? It's just whether you know what that faith is or what it's based on. And I think rhythms in our lives are the same thing. Like, look back to this past week. Like you had a rhythm of the way that you lived your life, whether you knew it or not, whether you're intentional with it or not. Like you woke up at a certain time, you ate something, you, you, you exercised or you did not exercise, you went to work or you were late for work. Whatever that rhythm of life looks like for you, that was your rhythm. It's just whether it was intentional or not. And if we've got vision in our lives, then we build rhythms according to that vision in order to accomplish a certain thing. It's just whether we know it or not, whether we're being intentional or not, or not. So also we want to look at uh, what, what, you know, what Jesus' rhythms were in his life throughout the next few weeks. And uh, I think it's important that we follow his lead, right? Something important to do every now and then is to look back to the life of Jesus and how did he live life and kind of emulate his life, right? So the rhythms that we're going to discuss this month are, number one, rest. We're going to talk about sowing and cultivating and reaping. Everything that we do should start from a place of rest. Everything that we do should start from a place of rest. And then we begin to sow. Again, what is the vision of our life? Where are we headed? And we begin to sow and invest certain things, plant seeds into our life. You could picture it like you're gardening. I've never gardened in my entire life, but I've watched a lot of movies, I guess. And so therefore you plant seeds, right? And you till up the soil, but you have to cultivate, right? You have to continue to fertilize. And, 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 and look, uh, yesterday I was at my dad's house uh, with my brother-in-law and all the families over there we're swimming. And we kept looking at my dad's lawn because I mean, it's just, it's one of those lawns that you you just dream of, okay? Like magazine type type sod, you know, like lawn. And, um, and me and Brent were talking and he's like, man, I just planted some seed today. And uh, and, what did you say, Amber? Like, is that what our yard's going to look like? (laughs) And immediately it's like, no, your yard will not look like this, you know, because there was, it had to be sodded. It had, I mean, and and the amount of care that he takes to cultivate, honestly, 99% of us men do not have the the commitment to do that with our lawn. Okay, it's just not going to happen. So anyway, it's a beautiful lawn. Why? Because you have to cultivate what is sown. And then you begin to reap. You begin to reap what you've sown. Now, the thing about reaping, and we'll get to it, you know, the last week of this month, the thing about reaping is if you haven't, you know, sown properly, if you haven't cultivated properly, a lot of times you're you're not praying for a a harvest, you're actually, you're praying for a a crop failure. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? If you've sown the wrong things, if you've cultivated the wrong way, and then you start to reap weeds and stickers, okay? You're like, Lord, just burn it up, you know, burn up the dross, God, just just let me start back from scratch. So let's live our lives with intentionality to where we don't do that uh, uh, throughout life, that we would, you know, pray for crop, crop failures. So anyway, today is about rest. So what is rest? Well, here's the definition. Freedom from activity or labor, peace of mind or spirit. Doesn't that sound nice, right? No? Okay, cool. It's a lack of labor, lack of activity, like a ceasing from that. And this, this idea of rest, God is very serious about rest. He's so serious that he even made a commandment surrounding rest. Observe the Sabbath. Jesus God created the world in six days, and on the seventh day it says that he rested in Genesis chapter two. Now, Sabbath is not a legalistic thing for us as as Christians. This idea some people take it and they make it legalistic. It's what the Pharisees did. Come on, like you couldn't lift a certain amount of weight, you couldn't do certain things. When the disciples tried to do some, some good things, they begin to get uh, uh, flack from the Pharisees because they weren't observing the Sabbath and keeping it holy enough for their rules that they had made. so it can become sort of legalistic. Jesus actually said that the Sabbath, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. We need rest. We need this idea of, of stopping, which is really in the Jewish context, the word Sabbath Shabbat is to stop. Just 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 stop it. <laughs> we used to watch this video back in the day of this, this uh, counselor, and it's a it's a humorous video, it's a funny video, and uh, but basically these people were saying all of their problems, and the counselor is like, okay, well, I've got two words for you. Go ahead and take out a pen, go ahead and write it down. And he, he said, All right, you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop it! <laughs> Just stop it. It's like, uh, okay, I was looking for something a little bit more than that. Well, I think that Sabbath is kind of like God's way of saying, stop, chill out, relax, take the foot off the gas because we need it. Now, in the Jewish day, the Jewish day actually begins at nightfall, which I think is super interesting. How, would, how, how great would it be that day, every day actually starts with rest? However, for us, what does our day usually start with? Chaos.
1: Bam bam
0: bam bam Oof. You know, hitting the alarm clock, throwing the phone across the room, yelling, we, We're late, you know, every day starts with chaos, man. And and actually the idea is that we would start with rest to stop. AJ Swoboda says that the Sabbath has largely been forgotten by the church, which has mimicked the rhythms of the industrial and success-obsessed West. The result We have become perhaps the most emotionally exhausted, psychologically overworked, and spiritually malnourished people in history. Run, 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 keep going, keep going. You'll rest when you're dead. Like that type of mindset. Did you know that that's actually not the mindset in the Bible? To just run till you collapse. That's not it. That might be how we're raised and, and how our world kind of operates, especially in America, but that is not actually the mindset that we're supposed to have. We're supposed to have this, this, this restful mindset. Now, how do you stop and rest, I believe, is nuanced for all of us. I think it's based upon what your job is, what your normal routine is. Okay, for me, I tend to be more in the office, indoors, for me to get outside in like this type of weather and like sweat, play golf. People are like, why do you play golf whenever the heat index is 105? (laughs) Well, I love to play golf, love it. I got some work to do, but, but I love to play golf. However... Whenever you sit inside all day, sometimes I just go walk outside, just like stand in the sun, you know? Like I need some vitamin D. You know, so if you've got an office job, you know how that is. It's like a change. For some of you, you're outside all the time. And so rest for you looks like chilling in the AC. You know what I'm talking about? Like you can take what I'm saying and kind of plug it into to wherever you're at. But rest looks differently, but there's also different parts of our life that we need to rest in. Now, the way that we want to look at rest is this. Rest is a reset. Rest is a reset. It resets you. And we're going to talk about the four different areas of, of our lives that we need to be reset in. But, but, but real quick, I'm going to tell you how not to rest. How not to rest. Rest doesn't just mean, uh, again, just inactivity. Just stopping. For some of you, if you stop and just sit there, that's actually not restful for you. You know, for me on vacation, if I go on vacation and I just sit around the whole time, it's actually not restful for me because you know where my tension is right here. I've got to get busy. I've got to do something to get my brain away from just thinking, right? So for, for, for me, inactivity is actually not really that restful. You've got to find what that means for you, but I can tell you this, if we don't rest well, we can turn to coping mechanisms to try to create rest. Coping, we'll, we'll try to cope with the stress. We'll try to cope with the stress. And, and, and typically we turn to things that are actually coping mechanisms and they leave us in worse condition than whenever we began. A whole lot of different things that we try to do. It could be substances, it could be entertainment, it doesn't matter. We turn to something to numb it and a lot of times it leaves us in worse condition than whenever we started to quote unquote rest. So again, as multifaceted beings, we have to be intentional for how we live in a rhythm of rest in multiple ways. And the first thing is this, we all need a physical reset. You need a physical reset. As much as our bodies needs needs physical activity and exercise, we also need to rest our bodies. And physical fatigue can cause damage to our physical bodies. There's exercise, there's sleep, there's relaxation, all of these different methods of resetting physically and you need to prioritize that part of yourself. A lot of people in America, the way that we think is that our bodies are like disposable. Did you know that your bodies are the temple of God? Okay, maybe you didn't. All right, I've informed some of you, obviously. Your bodies, they, it actually matters how you care for yourself. It really does. God has given you a body to steward well. So it's not something that we should just allow ourselves to just go, right? And I'm not talking about if you've got illnesses and things. I'm talking about like, like living with such, like in an in unintentional way that you begin to allow your body to develop unhealthiness, God wants us to steward our body well. Typically speaking, if we don't steward our bodies well, we also don't steward other things well. The other things that are, we're gonna talk about today, right? It, it's, it is actually a big deal. And a lot of us do this. We actually live life where we, we sprint and then we take a break. And usually, and I'm gonna kind of confess a little bit to you guys, typically what I do is I actually sprint until I get sick and then I stop. My family knows it and uh, uh, some of my close friends know it. They're like, you're sick, how are you doing? Not doing good, man. Because <laughs> you run, you run, and then your body shuts down because you're exhausted. I went on vacation a couple of weeks ago and I shared this with a few people. Um, about three or four days into vacation, um, I, think, I think for me, it takes about three or four days to actually begin vacation because just like flushing out the emotions and flushing out the, the tension that I'm feeling. And uh, and I was feeling really good. And, and I, got a, I got a text. I should have text. I shouldn't have checked the text, but I did. I, I checked the text and a person said something and I read the preview and the way that it, was, it began, uh, it, it created this response in me where I felt my adrenal glands just go, <clears throat> You know what I'm talking about? Y'all ever have that? Where you just like, you you feel this rush of adrenaline and it's that fight or flight thing that kicked in. And at that moment, I realized that I've been running feeling that, that feeling pretty consistently every day for months and not even realizing it until there's a few days where there's true Sabbath stopping and all of that's able to to relax. But then whenever you feel it kick back in, it's like, and you're like, dude, I've got to change some things. Right? Are you that honest with yourself? Are you like, like where you, you can actually be honest and say, you know what? I might be living a little bit past my capacity in certain areas. And, and actually looking at the scripture and saying, I need to, to back away in certain things. Jesus was serious about rest, physical rest. He did it quite often. He also talked to his, uh, his, his disciples about resting. He instructed them to rest. Mark six thirty the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. They went out, they did great things. And he said to them, that's great. Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. They didn't have time to even eat. And when they went away, and then uh, they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. They had been serving so much, they needed to recover. How many of you, you don't have time to eat, right? Like, I ain't got time to eat today, man. I got to keep going. I, lunch is just a thing that I, can't, I just can't afford to do it. I got to keep going. Time is money, right? Like, like run, 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 run. These guys, they come up, they start telling Jesus all that they're doing. And he's like, that's cool, that's cool. Well, let's go chill out. Some of you, you're, you're, you're taunting, you're, 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 you're showing everybody, you're talking to everybody about how much you're doing. And I wonder if anybody around you loves you so much to say, hey man, when was the last time you chilled out? Hey, yeah, mom, you're doing a lot of great stuff. You're running 90 miles an hour. That's awesome. But you also can't feel anything. Your emotions are shot. You're, you're, you're completely exhausted physically. Is that really the rhythm that God wants you to live? I'm just throwing out scenarios. Take it or leave it if the shoe fits, right? Verse 32, though, leads us to our next point. Whenever he says they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves, by themselves speaks of emotional rest. We need emotional resets. Okay, now we could go on and on and on about how every single one in America needs an emotional reset right now. All right, we need need solitude and silence, man. To go and just be quiet. And to be honest with you, this for me is probably the hardest one. Have you guys ever just tried to sit in a quiet room for five minutes in the last six months? I mean, genuinely sit in a quiet space and let your brain, like, like what, I, I watched this uh, video on Instagram the other day and it was this guy that he was trying to pray. He's like, all right, all right, Lord, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna pray. He gets this Bible and he, and he, and he leans over, he kneels down and he's like, Lord, I thank you for, and he starts singing a song. <laughs> you know? I mean, no, 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 I'm, I'm, Jesus Lord, I thank you. You know, like he could not focus, and I'm like, it's so true. You know, let's stop. I'm going to be still, right? And it's like, what about that bill? Did I actually pay that bill? You know, did I did I finish that that project? Did I? We can't focus because we have trouble with emotional rest. Our world is infatuated and addicted to noise and busyness. And it's very difficult to actually emotionally rest. And whenever we aren't emotionally rested, we worry, we get angry. We, we are, are overcome with anxiety. And all of these things, by the way, can happen whenever you look like this. Ready? Ready? You look like everything is so peaceful. You're really quiet and you're still. And inside of you, it's nuclear bombs are exploding. Your chemicals are going nuts. Your heart's you know, racing. You've got, you got all these issues going on, but outside you look so good. We're here at church. It's so nice and peaceful, right? Worthy is your name. Gee, oh God, you are so worthy. You're so worthy. And you sit down and your brain starts going, you know? You're redlining. You're redlining. You got gotta. You have to back away. By the way, Uh, uh, Emotional rest does not look like sitting on the couch on social media. Just going to throw it out there. I'm relaxing. (laughs) I can't believe that they said that. (laughs) Angry face. Angry. (laughs) Forward, forward. Can you guys believe that is not emotional rest? It's worse. It's the complete opposite of any sort of rest. (laughs) Psalm 4610, one of the, one of the most quoted scriptures that we all say it a lot, right? Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we just need to be quiet, stop talking, be still and know that God is God. We've said it the last couple of weeks, God has the last word. He's got the last word, not you. Nobody else, God, his plan will prevail. We need to be still and know that he is God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. So you can rest in that. The next thing is we need to rest and have a reset, I mean, relationally, relational rest, huh? What do you mean by that? Look, guys, whenever it comes to our relationships, there is quality time together. And can I just set some of you free that there's sometimes it's quality time apart, okay? Like space in your relationships is okay. You wanna have close proximity, but also um, I'll, I'll just say something to, marry, something to marry people. And if you're gonna get married, you need to realize this too. Your spouse has, has, is completely incapable of meeting all of your relational needs. You need to know that now. And if you've had that expectation on your spouse and they're sitting next to you, I wanna like speak for them, okay? They can't meet all of your relational needs. It's impossible. It's actually, it's unfair and unrealistic. We need space even in our marriages, all right? Now you have to work that out for whatever works for your marriage, of course. However, like we've gotta have this idea. Also, when it comes to different relationships, we have draining relationships and then we have strengthening relationships. Some people, you get around them and you're built up in your faith or in your emotions, whatever it is, you're built up. And then other people, you get around them and whenever you leave, you feel like you're a deflated balloon. Oh, yeah, like that was draining. You need to manage those draining relationships. Don't let those draining relationships manage you, okay? You've got to have this thing because you've got to have relational rest in your life. Life, we are relational beings, Okay? We're not just a bunch of individuals completely separate from everybody else. No, we relate to one another, our family and our friends, our coworkers. Relationships are all around us, and we've got to be intentional with even how we move through those relationships. Hebrews Hebrews 10, 24, we shared this last week, says, Let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Our unhealthy tendency, as we talked about last week, is isolation. We move into isolation, especially in this time, social distancing, all of that. We are isolating ourselves. I feel it in myself. I'm an extrovert and I still feel myself like, like becoming more like my, 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 you know, my sphere is like closing in. Like just emotionally, you just feel it. And, and it's like it's being pushed and, then, and, and we're, we're like losing the ability to like interact with one another, right? I, I was watching a couple of kids the other day, eight years old, and like they like didn't know how to interact anymore. It was so sad. They like couldn't laugh or they're like, you know, hi, 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 you know? And it affected the way that they even related to one another, man. I feel like we're not like little kids. We don't actually show the awkwardness as much. But I'm telling you, man, there's, there's something spiritual going on in this time. I'm telling you, relationships are being uh, changed and the way that we relate to one another is, is being changed. And we, ha- we, can't, we can't allow ourselves to be distanced to the place where there begins to become division. And I'm not talking about I'm angry at you division. I'm just talking about we're just not together. That's why church is so important, guys. The last thing that I wanna lean into and this is the most important, of course, you guys know what's coming. Spiritual rest. We need to have spiritual resets in our lives. We know we're supposed to pray, supposed to read the word, worship. We know about faith, community, all of these things that that, that encourage us and build us up. But I want to answer the question where do we find spiritual rest? And this right here to me is, is, is very, very important. This is the part of the message I've really been looking forward to. You're like, oh no. It's already 1052. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Where do we find spiritual rest? And I wanna say this. There's a lot of false religions and worldly philosophies that offer spiritual rest. Straight up, y'all, okay? A lot of them. And, and they sound so good. Um, but I am, I am completely like, Like, I wouldn't say shocked, but always surprised, I guess, whenever I see Christians biting into humanistic philosophies. New age, spiritualism, and all of this. And most of the time we're looking for spiritual rest or some sort of foundation to put our feet on, to feel like we're we're good. But I'm, I'm always amazed how many times usually it's completely apart from the word of God. And if it is the word of God, it's, it's typically really bad contextual understanding of what the scripture is even talking about. And if we could just sum it up in a word, it's humanism. It's idolizing humans, idolizing ourselves, raising our knowledge up in line with what God's knowledge is, or basically saying that in myself is the answer. In myself. How many of you ever heard, like, like, you really need to know yourself? You need to know yourself. And actually, it's elevated to, to a place where it's like like, if you know yourself, like, that's the highest point of knowledge and meaning and purpose that you can have is if you know thyself. Right? We hear it. And a lot of it actually comes from Socrates. Uh, he's a Greek philosopher, right? And, and very, very influential in our Western mindset. And, and he said, to know thyself is the beginning of wisdom. And when I, I read that, I was like, man, that's interesting that, that he would say that because the word of God says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, Right? So Proverbs 9:10, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight." The knowledge of God is insight. Not you digging deeper and deeper and deeper into yourself and trying to figure out yourself and know yourself. It's actually digging deeper and deeper into who God is, and in light of what you find there, you your identity will be shored up. You will know yourself if you know God but you will not actually know yourself apart from him I was listening to this uh, this podcast it's about a year ago and or, or uh, uh, it was recorded about a year ago but uh, but a few months ago, and uh, it was these Christians who, uh, they, they used to be uh, Bible-believing Christians, and they've actually become really, their are mystics now, and, and, and there's a whole lot of Gnosticism in their thinking, and the way that they approach uh, their worldview is, is that now, and, but they're very, very influential in the Christian world. And they had this girl on there and she began to share her journey, her spiritual journey. She grew up Baptist. Uh, it was very, very legalistic Baptist. And, and then she, she kind of moved into like this charismatic flow and it was a lot more freedom there. But then that kind of became a little bit too much for her and because and, and people are like telling her what to do. And, and then she went all the way to, to, uh, to the other side of the pond basically and began to study all of these different Eastern religions. And, and she ended up, and I'm not gonna go into detail about it, but she ended up in a place where she said, and then one day it hit me. I don't need any of those. What I need is to listen to my inner voice. And she said, that's whenever I discovered truth. And she starts going on all this stuff. And, and you know, I was like, man, that, that really sounds so much like the thinking in our world. What you read on Instagram all the time, all the stuff that just is flowing. Hey, Christians, just met, go find a scripture that actually says that like before you post it because you don't know what the source is. You don't know where they're coming from. And a lot of this stuff that, that offers spiritual rest, it's not actually spiritual rest. It's demonic. We've got to have the discernment to know the difference because we could think that we are resting in something that at the end of the day is leading us further away from the one who is actually true rest and where we will find true rest. His name is Jesus. It's Jesus. Where will we find spiritual rest? Well, Matthew 11, this is what Jesus says. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, we spoke about these scriptures just a few months ago, and if you remember, Jesus is speaking, whenever he talks about a yoke, it's this picture of a literal yoke, like like oxen being yoked together together. And, and, and those two, as they are yoked together, are able to accomplish more than one, obviously, by themselves. But it's also this picture of if you are a weaker oxen and you are yoked to a stronger oxen, it makes it an easier journey. And Jesus, in this regard, is talking about teachings, his teachings, the yoke of certain uh, rabbis. Some were, were harsher than others, and they're offering these different teachings, these different worldviews, these different approaches to how to live life. And Jesus is like, hey, Take upon yourself my yoke because it's easy. Now, it doesn't mean that it's easy, like no standards and just you know being lazy. It's easy in regards to where it leads. It leads to rest for your souls. What these guys are are sharing with you is works-based. It's hustle, hustle, hustle. There's no rest, there's no stopping. Condemnation, shame. He's like, what I have to offer you is something different. At church, we have to realize that it's the same thing for us. The only yoke that leads to life, the only yoke that leads to spiritual rest is the yoke that's found in Jesus, his teachings, his worldview, biblical mindsets. Outside of that, all things are circular and they usually lead ourselves right back to where we started, which is completely lost, completely undone, broken in sin. We've got to go the right routes. A commentary talks about Jesus' yoke, and he says this. Jesus' yoke is easy, not because it makes lighter demands, but because it represents entering into a disciple relationship with one who is gentle and lowly in heart. does that sound good? A disciple relationship, not religion a disciple relationship. We're talking about rhythms and finding the proper rhythms in our body, and our, our soul, and our relationships, and in our spirit. And Jesus is the one that leads to life. When everything is in chaos, we lean into how Jesus thought and acted. I think one of the most intense moments of of about, they were about to go into a chaotic time is at the Last Supper. Jesus is with his disciples. And and the thing about Jesus is that he had been teaching his disciples what was coming. He'd been saying it straight up. He's like, I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be destroyed. And and, and like, I'm teaching you these things so that way you can carry them on. But like, this is what's happening. And he sits down at the Last Supper. and And I think that some of them were still, Like, no, this this can't be true. Like, Jesus, you're joking. It's metaphors, right? I don't know. And he sits there and he's talking to his disciples and and he he does the Lord's supper with him. He gives them um, these actions to remember him by. But it was almost like Jesus was saying, hey, look, before you enter into this time of chaos, let's be together. Let's rest. I want you to know me. I want you to hear my voice because it is what's going to prepare you for what's coming. And so many of us, if we're running too hard, we will miss the voice of God. If we're focusing on what we're producing rather than who we're becoming, we're not going to hear the voice of God, right? He says, be still and know that I'm God. And he sits with his disciples And he says, this is my body that's going to be broken for you. This is the blood that's going to be shed for you. I want you to do this in remembrance of me. I want you to rest in what I'm about to do for you. And I think for us today, this is where it comes to. You could be physically rested, and that's great. You could be emotionally rested, and that's great. You can have wonderful relationships and have a good reset mindset going with your relationships and it's all good around you. But if, if your spirit is not truly resting in Jesus, then your rhythm is off. Your rhythm is off. So today I wanna to give us a moment, an opportunity to center our hearts and our minds on Jesus. Come on, right now, just, just bow your heads and close your eyes and truly ask yourself the question of, am I resting in Jesus? Am I resting in, am I in his yoke? Or am I borrowing from other worldviews and mindsets and philosophies? And am I just trying to find an answer that will satisfy some of my desires apart from the good news of what Jesus has done for me and what he is going to do at the end of time where he is going to fully reconcile us? back to the father where he is going to fully restore creation am i trying to find something that will satisfy those questions and ideas apart from jesus i'm talking to you christians right now those of you who who say i am a believer i am a follower of jesus if you've been looking if your rhythm for spiritual rest has been looking outside of those things first. Right now, just repent. Just say, God, forgive me of that. I repent of looking elsewhere for satisfaction other than you. If you've been running so hard physically, you are, you're worn out. You're worn out right now. Maybe you've been convicted in that area. Just say, God, I respond. Lord, I'm going to I'm going to change my my actions. God, I want to take care of this body that you've given me. Some of you emotionally right now, it's the same thing. You you think, you analyze, you're you're running so hard in in your minds, idea after idea, and you're never just still. You can't focus in on the person and the work of Jesus. You can't focus in on anything like that because you're just, you're, you're nonstop. And you're, you're, having, you're having physical things take place because your emotions are so in an upheaval right now. So God, I surrender my emotions to you. Lord, reset my mind. Reset my heart. Others of you right now, relationally wise, it's not good. You've been allowing people to take advantage of you. Others of you, you have not been investing properly into relationships. And so the relational side of who you are is all messed up. And there's times you know that you've been wrong and you you needed to repent. Maybe you've you've caused some issues in your marriage or with your friends or, or whoever it is. And right now, just before God, say, Lord... I repent of that. I repent of of not living properly in regards to my relationships, treating people with love, not being patient and kind. Last but not least, I wanna talk to all of you. You might be watching online right now. You might be in this room. But if you know that you are far from God, you're far from him. You don't have a relationship. There's no pulse between you and God. You're here watching, and, and honestly, it's just to check a mark, just to say, I went to church this week. Monday through Saturday, you don't even think about God. There's not. There's nothing there. And if you do, it's all fear, and not the good kind of fear, not reverent fear of God and, and his ability, but just you're scared that you might just go to hell. Like, that's it. And there's no there's no relationship. And right now, drive a stake in the ground and say today it's different it's very simple god has done all the work he sent his son to die on a cross for your sin for your shame for the things that you have done for the things that that you should do all the shoulds he's died for all of that his grace is sufficient for you no matter where you're at and right now All you have to do is surrender. So I'm gonna say a simple prayer and I want you to pray this prayer in your own words or you can say what I'm saying, but just say this. Say, Lord, I surrender my heart to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to remove the shame and the fear. God, today I give you my life. I wanna live for your glory, for your honor, not my own. God, use my life for your kingdom." I love you. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for the forgiveness of sin. And I repent right now. I turn from unrighteous thinking and living, and I lean into you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take communion together right now. And so. Everybody should have received uh, some communion elements whenever you came in. Um, Everybody did, except for me. Um, I don't have it. Thank you, Tom. You wanna go ahead and and open up the top part. You'll get the the wafer out and you can also open up the juice. And just to, to, to kind of explain what this is. This is not just a ritual that has no meaning. It's not something that we just do out of repetition. We do this with great reverence, but also with great joy. The wafer represents the body of Jesus. And this is, again, this is the Lord's Supper. This is communion. This is what he, uh, he did with his disciples before he was arrested. And, and his body was crucified. He was beaten. He was beaten for our healing. He took on the curse of sin physically and spiritually for us. And we remember this as we eat this. And then then the the juice represents the blood of Jesus. That was the perfect blood of God that was shed for the remission of sin. There was no other perfect sacrifice. I was reading in Revelation and, and, and it was like, it talks about who is worthy to open the scroll and and. Jesus was the only one he lived perfectly the perfect lamb that was slain for our sin the blood of Jesus represents that you couldn't have died to pay the price for your sin it could only be from a perfect sacrifice and so this is what we're remembering today and it's so important that we all receive this in a worthy way if you don't feel like you're you're actually confident that you are a Christian that you are a believer I would encourage you to go ahead and put the wafer and the the juice next to you and not receive it because this means something. Whenever we take this, we are accountable for what we are doing. That's why this is not to be taken lightly. This is the body of Jesus. This is the blood of Jesus. This is what it represents to us. And by receiving this, we are saying we believe in this. Our eternity is, is based upon this. Our faith is in him. Jesus, we thank you for the blood and your body that was broken for us. We thank you that we can stand in victory today because of the things that you endured. Today, we thank you for your body that was given for us and we take this together. Jesus, we also remember your blood that was shed for the remission of our sin. Jesus, that you took our place on the cross You paid the price for us. And today, God, we remember and we celebrate what you have done for us. And we treat this together. Come on, church, let's stand to our feet. The Bible says that whenever they received communion together, they would sing hymns and they would, they would worship together afterwards. And that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to sing. We're going to worship God. And in light of all the things that we've talked about today, in light of communion, let's express our heart to God. Let's, let's worship Him with song. Amen. Come on, let's sing together.
1: Good morning this morning. Man, I just got up here and I realized, man, this is probably the best crowd we've had since coming back into the building here. This is awesome. I was standing up here, something felt a little different. You know, that's what it was, I guess, so. Um, Yeah, it's been a great morning. In case you don't know me, my name is Tom. I'm the assistant pastor here at the Gulfport Campus. And I just want to uh, say this to a few of you out there this morning. Maybe you're someone who just accepted Jesus as your Savior. You prayed that prayer with Pastor Jordan just a few minutes ago. Maybe you just prayed that prayer you're watching online. We want to say congratulations. Come on, let's give those folks a round of applause. And also... Those of you who are new with us this morning, like Pastor Jordan said, I can't see right now. It's kind of hard to see with this lighting, but he saw some new faces out there. We want to say hey to you. Welcome to Northwood. We're so glad that you're with us. Um, Here's what I want to do. If you're one of those folks maybe just accepting Christ as your Savior or you're new with us today or maybe this is your second or third time, whatever, we want to connect with you as a church. I want to connect with you personally this week. If What you can do is go online to northwood.church slash next steps. Fill out a short little form there. Let me know how you want me to contact you, and I'm going to do that this week. Okay, I'm not going to spam you, bother you, pester you or anything. I just want to um, basically say, hey, um, see if there's any questions you got about the church and help you take Your next step sound good, Um, Northwoodians. Okay, Northwood members, don't forget. There's two ways to give. We're doing right now. Um, They're on the screen behind me. If this is your first time, don't feel pressured in that. This I'm just speaking right now to those who call Northwood home. Um, But there's a couple things I want to say. uh, A couple announcements I got. Number one, tonight is Impact Night. If you're in seventh grade through twelfth grade, yeah, come on, get up for Impact students. Uh, We love our students. We love our student ministry. Uh, Tonight we're having kind of our kickoff impact night of the new semester. We're calling it Unmasked. That doesn't mean don't wear a mask. That's the content. That's the subject content. In fact, we're having a little contest. Um, come with the uh, best designed mask, is that right? So design your own mask, do something creative, do something wild and funky. Uh, I think there's a really cool gift that we we got for Impact students. Doors open up at 530 so make sure, um, parents, try to get them here at 530 because I know they have a ton of fun even before, it's like the pre-party, okay? Um, Doors open at 530 and it starts at 6. Second announcement I got, then I'll let you guys go. Small groups launch tonight, Okay. Yeah, it's going to be a great semester. If you're in freedom groups, okay, um, in the past, freedom's always met in this room. We're actually going to be meeting in Building 3 tonight, okay, so your uh, freedom leaders can give you directions to that, and they'll be in touch with you. Um, if you haven't joined a small group yet, there is still time, okay? We got our small group tables out in the lobby. You just go right out one of these two doors right back here. If you're watching online, you can still get in a group today, too, Small Groups. Get signed up. Um, Like I said, there's still room in in groups. There's still room in freedom groups. Uh, So if you've been kind of kicking the tires, beating around the bush a little bit, get into a group. It's gonna be a great semester, all right? That's all I got for you guys. Have an amazing week. Love you guys, see ya.